Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy la duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh my gosh, is it a day. October is not done yet. Some would say best month in the entire calendar year in terms of sports. And we got it all tonight with controversy at the top in college football, our World Series Game 3 coming up tomorrow night on Hollow's Eve. But, of course, we're all over Week 8 in the National Football League and excited to reconnect with one of my absolute favorites. It's been a second or two since we've been able to do it. Aaron Torres along with yours truly, Mark Willard. Aaron, first off, awesome to have you and great to talk to you but i have a very very clear and concise question for you to start the show well i'm afraid to say that i'm excited to work with you too mark but uh uh-huh. but okay yeah what's the question i'm nervous you ready for but the question i, I am no, nothing, nothing this is like a pop qu- like in the third quarter of the 49ers game on third de- uh-huh okay, uh-huh. okay go uh-huh. ahead. all right yeah, what's the question yeah, we'll I'm get sorry. we'll get to the balance of power in the nfc west don't you worry about that but uh do you consider yourself an emotional person I don't think so. My wife might have a different answer, but I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, I consider myself uh, an emotional person, and, and I don't mean that. Sometimes that has a little bit of a, uh, a connotation to it, right? Like, that doesn't mean that I can't control myself. It simply means that, sure, like, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I have my dick for meal moments. I have so I like right I like I'm led by that sometimes and so the reason I ask you this 
is I want to know, because this is the center of my brain tonight, after watching a game that, quite frankly, I don't think any of us expected to be watching, and quite frankly, you could ask me why was I watching it, but the balance of power in the NFC South was on the line, and I'm wondering if we've got it right. Should we be legislating emotion in sports? Because I think there are millions upon millions of us that would like players to act a certain way in incredibly emotional moments. And I don't know if we're being realistic. DJ Moore catches what is essentially a Hail Mary at the end of a game, which would have put his team, I know it's funny, at three and five, would have put his team in first place. So he stood up. It was an amazing moment. He was on the road. He took his helmet off and essentially did what we do in Green Bay all the time. We call it the Lambeau Leap. He just happened to do it in Atlanta. And it ended up, in the minds of many, costing Carolina the game because the 15-yard penalty made the extra point. A a, a healthy-sized field goal that was missed sent the game into overtime where the Falcons won. I don't know if I want the division decided because someone who made an amazing play took his helmet off. So, you know, it's tough. And and the only reason it's tough, so I am very much a – we all played sports at some level, and I am a – these are sports. There, it's an emotional endeav- endeavor. We should allow. We shouldn't, as you said, legislate emotion. I, I think we should celebrate sacks. I think players should f- flip bats if they hit a big home run. Uh, I think you should celebrate a pass breakup. Whatever. My only problem with using this one example as something that clearly should probably not have been penalized. It was an incredible moment. It was listen that PJ Walker pass was one of the great moments of the NFL season. Forget right. being a right. Panthers fan, a Falcons. It was one of the great <laughs> moments of the season. A former XFL player uh, who who literally was talking the other day about uh, re- ne- wondering if he'd ever get a shot at the NFL again throwing that pass. Whatever. My only concern and I'm going to be Debbie Downer, old man, get off my lawn, is that once we decide that, say, the DJ Moore situation is okay, then, one, where does the line get drawn? But then, two, more importantly, if you just say, hey, everything, you know, in the final 10 seconds or whatever, when you start to kind of put, like, okay, you start to loosen things up, there are always unintended consequences. And so, I feel bad for the Panthers. I feel bad for DJ Moore. Do I think he should have been penalized? No. Do I understand by the letter of the law he should have? Yes. I guess just my question becomes, when we loosen the rule here or there, what becomes the unintended consequence? Well, Well, I think that's a fair question, and I'll also point out in this particular case, this is a very, very clearly written rule. Don't take your helmet off on the field uh, for any particular reason, and and he did. And so this isn't uh, this isn't sympathy for DJ Moore. He certainly could have been bailed out by his kicker, who not only missed the very makeable extra point to win the game, he had a chip shot field goal in overtime to win the game, and he missed that too. So whose fault is it that Carolina lost, and who's really worried about Carolina's season anyway? Even they aren't, let's be honest. They fired their coach and traded their best player. So I, th- this isn't a about like uh, some balance of, of of power in the NFC that has now been changed necessarily, uh, but I, I just I think about these moments and what players go through. Yes. We already know they're they're half a cup of crazy to even be NFL players, 
the work that they put in, the physicality of it. DJ Moore has been told for four weeks that he's about to be traded. He's in purgatory because of Baker, Darnold, PJ, whatever you want to call it. And then this moment, then there's this moment. And somehow we want this person in that moment to act in a way that fits in our box. Yes. And I just, I don't know how realistic that is for human beings. But especially playing an emotional game. It, you know, like, yes. like you said, you know, first of all, organization has been left for dead. Your the the guy that writes your checks wants you to lose. Uh, the guy that, you know, whatever, I, who was drafted by who doesn't matter. Your coach was fired. Everyone's told you you're terrible. Everyone's told you you're this. Everyone said give up on the season and start playing for next year and this and that. And then on top of that, you're, you're in this emotional game. Um, you're playing well. You have this incredible moment. Like And, and, and again, this gets into the semantics of you know, when you don't legislate it or what you like, I guess the question becomes like, this isn't a situation where it was the first quarter and you go up 10, nothing, you know, it was the final seconds. And that was my thought when I saw this is, is there a situation where in the final minute, the final two minutes, you have a play and, and we loosen up the celebration rules. That, that was my first thought. But then again, and, and I don't have claim to have the answer. Then it becomes, well, what happened? You know, you can think of the extreme example where where we we let things slide in the final minute or the final 30 seconds or the final two minutes under the two-minute drill, whatever, and then something bad happens or whatever, there starts to be a brawl. I don't know. I'm just speaking in hypotheticals here because I did think that, Mark. I did think, okay, I understand why you don't take off the helmets. I understand why certain rules are in place. But in the final minute, in the final 30 seconds, is there something that we can do to let these guys be human beings? Because as you said, they put up with a lot. They wake up every day and they got bumps and bruises that we can't imagine. They push their bodies to an extreme. And DJ Moore should be able to celebrate like the way that he did. And oh, by the way, Mark, to your point to start the segment, it's not as though we don't uh, you know, have a little gray area on celebrations to, uh, what, uh, as it is with the Lambo Leafs, things like that. So. Of course. I mean, and beyond that, I think, again, uh, it's kind of funny that we've decided, and I even, this is fascinating what you're saying. Well, what about the last minute? Well, okay, so what about if there's a minute and three seconds? That's what I mean. Right? Okay, what? right. So, uh, and then, what if it's a key moment that's got nothing to do with that? Let me take you to the 49er Ram game. And I watched every single play of this one. And and the 49ers have taken a 24-14 lead at this point in the second half. They've got all the momentum in the world. This is a massive division game for both teams. And oh, by the way, they hate one another. Well stated by a number of the players on the team. They do not like each other. So this is already an emotional environment. The Rams are now down by 10. They've got the ball about 10 minutes to go. This is a must drive in terms of let's get some points, right? They've got to have some points on this drive. Well, on the very first set of downs, on a third down, Matt Stafford throws it over the middle to Allen Robinson about a yard beyond the sticks. Allen makes a catch, a contested catch, up against the 49ers' young safety, Talanoa Hufanga. It is a classic contested catch stand up have two guys kind of get into each other a little bit of a bump no big deal but little trash talk going on so Allen robinson gets face to face with hufanga and then simply gives him the first down marker with his right arm 
Bang, 15-yard penalty. Off you go. You got the first down, but now you're going back to your own 20-yard line. The drive never ends up going anywhere. The Rams get blown out by 17. Mike Pereira is asked about it on the broadcast and says, well, this was flagged because he directed (laughs) the trash talk right at someone. Are you supposed to direct the trash talk at the air? Uh, should we start to do like baseball players have to do where they can talk to umps, but you can't look at the umps, you got to look down <laughs> yes. so nobody knows that you're talking to the ump? Like, I just, again, it's, this is, depending on who you are and what makes you tick, I just, it, it's impossible that what we're asking these guys to do when it comes to taunting, celebration, certain moments are okay, certain ones aren't. I just, I don't, it, it, it isn't realistic and it's affecting ball games. So, so this is kind of, I guess, I guess if there was a theme for this opening segment for me, it would be that I want the rules to be more lax because two, two things. It's not just that these are emotional guys, this, that. It's also more fun as a consumer. Like it's totally. fu- it's fun when dudes flip bats. It's fun when uh, a guy dunks on somebody and they're jawing on him. It's fun. Like how can you not be excited as a Panthers fan seeing what DJ Moore did and then run into the d- throw off the helmet all that stuff. So again, I'm more for loosening things than I am not. I guess the only thing that I would say is again, if you are Adam Silver, if you are Roger Goodell, if you are one of the decision makers, to, to Mike Pereira's point, it's like, well, then, you know, you're directing it at somebody, which then could lead to a dust-up, which then could lead to a benches-clearing brawl, and then you have the extreme, extreme, extreme example of you have something like the Malice of the Palace, uh, you know, somewhere in, in some variation of that. And so I guess that's the only point that I'm trying to make is that I am in favor of loosening things, but I think the people that make these decisions would sit there and say, yeah, but there is a line of demarcation where once we once once that we start with that slippery slope – it gets all the way down to the point where maybe something happens that makes our league, our players, our coaches, our teams not look good. So I feel you. I feel you. And that's I also, know. you know, just like you NBA just want me to have no like, rules, right? Just well, no, nah, the, nah, the, nah. The, an, an NBA ref wants to make sure that a tone is set so that we're not leading to a fight. But sometimes DJ Moore being a great example he wasn't directing at anyone. He wasn't even near any Falcons. He ran away. He took his helmet off, and he jumped toward the stands. For all I know, his family was right there. I have no, like, the, nothing happened Pretty in cool. the stands that felt weird at all. Like, it just, to me, this is one, let it go. But they're forced to call it because it's directly in the rules. Uh, with Aaron Torres, Mark Willard, and we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping free road hazard protection and over 10,000 recommended installers tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we have a lot to get to nba college football and baseball will not be shoved aside we got stuff to get to in all of that more controversy already from the brooklyn nets the rankings for college football fascinating as always and we're in the midst of a world series with a bunch of people rooting hard against a team and i we we have questions about that but plenty of nfl to get to we mentioned that 49er ram game i know you want to talk about the nfc west And I'm looking for one good reason that this star player shouldn't be benched. And I'll tell you who we're talking about coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, rolling on a Sunday night on Fox Sports Radio. That's Aaron Torres. I'm Mark Willard. Charlotte's Web, world's most trusted hemp extract, founded to serve wellness seekers looking for safe, clean, and natural options. It's the number one CBD brand on the market. Go to charlottesweb.com and use promo code SPORTS15 for 15% off your order. That's charlottesweb.com. Not available in Idaho or South Dakota. It's an interesting day to talk about paying rent running backs, Aaron, because this has become a thing that most NFL teams don't do. And and a lot of them end up in bad spots because they're like, man, we're, we're, not, we're not here to say that our star running back is not a star and not important, but the data will show that usually, not always, but usually breaking off a big contract in a salary cap sport for a running back is at minimum very, very dangerous. They take so many hits. Their career goes south quickly. And sometimes it happens when you don't even see it coming. And so uh, today's an interesting day to talk about it because the Panthers worked their way out from underneath their big contract, sent Christian McCaffrey for a bunch of draft picks to the 49ers. And we're about to go through a two-week cycle in San Francisco where everyone's going to tell the 49ers they're geniuses because now they've got a bye week. And McCaffrey uh, was an absolute stud in a game that they absolutely had to win. However, I'd also argue that money is why Ezekiel Elliott is still getting carries in Dallas. Because Tony Pollard got the backfield to himself today. And I don't think it was an accident that the Cowboys put up a season high in points and Pollard had three touchdowns. Why, why, Why is Zeke still getting the ball there? I think it is because I think he's a well-respected guy in the locker room, and I think it's because he has a fat contract that the team cannot get out from under Mark Willard. Uh, by the way, just really quickly on the Cowboys, is there a more fascinating like like they are? You know, we talk about the NFL being like an 18-week soap opera, this, that, the other thing, and the Cowboys always have drama. But this year, it feels like you lose Week One, you lose Dak, you think the season's over. Uh, all of a sudden, this Cooper Rush guy comes out of nowhere. The defense starts playing at an elite <laughs> level. Dak comes back, but we're kind of questioning: Do we really want him back? Then he comes back. They win. They take care of business. And then today, you know, the defense doesn't play as well. Although they did have a defensive score. Um, yep. And it is the Tony Pollard show. So it's just, I know we want to talk Tony Pollard, Zeke, running backs, but I, they're just such a fascinating team where it's like every week there's just a completely new story with this group. 
Well, uh, that's the Dallas Cowboys. And, and Jerry Jones is actually at the center of most of this, don't you think? I mean, he kind of welcomed this. Like, he started he did, using yeah. the phrase quarterback controversy by week three, and I think he thought he was joking. Like, this was a great example of, like, that's not something you joke about. You know, it's kind of like when someone in the house is sick. Eh, th- this isn't funny. And, and, and so Rudy he Gobert thought he coughing was, on microphones, yeah. Right. Great example. That is exactly what he did. He coughed on the microphone because he thought he was complimenting Cooper Rush. Oh, boy, I'd love a quarterback controversy because that means Cooper's playing really well. Well, all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 no. You don't. Don't do that. You don't want a quarterback controversy because Dak is not quite good enough to avoid that conversation, and he's got a massive contract. So here we go. I mean, Dak has come back, and he's, he's done exactly what he needed to do by, by winning these games. But by, by the same token, um, I mean, I don't know that that contract is necessarily justified or if it's going to work out well for, uh, for their future. The running back one is different, though, man. Sure. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers dug their heels in with Le'Veon Bell a few years ago. And, and I think most teams are using that as, as a blueprint whenever possible. Zero doubt. You know, you look at, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell is one. Um, and, and, you know, and, and by the way, there's plenty of examples of you try to be the good guy, you try to take care of the loyal soldier, and it backfires. I was thinking about when we opened this segment. Remember the Todd Gurley contract? Remember how terrible sure. it looked by the end? And, you know, the, the Rams with all their cap gymnastics were able to figure out a way to kind of maneuver around it. But that's just another example. And, the Le'Veon Bell, I think, is a perfect example, and it's it's not you know it's not that we're rooting against any players or anything like that. It's just as you said to lead the segment, we have pretty solid data at this point. Three, four, five years in the league, 25, 26, 27. There does appear to be a drop-off. You can get guys on the young, on the cheap, um, and and kind of replace whatever, you know, whatever production you're going to lose if you do have if you do in fact lose a guy. So there's a reason why we do this. Uh, and obviously, look, Christian McCaffrey had a great day today, but what was his problem? Can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy over a 17, 18 yep. game schedule? Um, and that remains to be seen, but I just think in the broader sense, there's a reason that we do this, and I think today with the Cowboys, Tony Pollard versus Zeke Elliott is the latest example. I mean, trade deadline is two days away, and how many running backs' names do you see getting brought up? There's a, there's a reason for that because nobody wants to pay these guys. The Panthers were thrilled to get rid of the contract because they're not in a winning window. Uh, that's number one. You hear Alvin Kamara's name is being thrown around here at the trade deadline. Kareem Hunt, I think there's a very high possibility that he gets traded. Won't happen now because they play tomorrow night, but could that happen Tuesday morning? Absolutely. And then what do they do with their young star running back in Nick Chubb when uh, when it comes time to pay him? Like, this is sort of the problem a lot of teams end up in. The Vikings did it with Dalvin Cook. It's like, these guys are your stars, but what you're watching, and for instance, the Packers are playing right now. I know that they ended up finding a way to keep Aaron Jones, but what you're watching teams do is, even when they've got a great running back, about two years into that run, you, they, they'll draft someone else because mm-hmm. the, the whole point, it, running back is turnkey. These guys can produce right away. So why not always have your running back be on a rookie deal? I, I honestly yeah. think for a lot of teams, that's the goal. 
It should be, and it should be. And listen, um, you know, especially as you said, it's a it's not only a salary cap league, but it's a league where we know um, to win at the highest level, you have to have elite quarterback play. And you get that very small window at the beginning of a quarterback's contract where he's going to be on a rookie contract, and then you are going to have to pay him, and he is going to take up a disproportionate amount of the the salary cap. Speaking of which, as we are on air right now, the Packers just just got the ball back, and that's the most extreme example. And so you have to obviously be creative in how how you put together your team, but you have to be smart in how you do it. And to me, running back feels like the spot where, especially when you get into with an older quarterback a veteran quarterback that you got to pay you got to cut costs somewhere you could get production from young guys I, i'm not saying there is never there's always an exception to every rule but that totally. that's a that, but that's a pretty good rule though right that's a pretty good rule of we're probably not going to pay this guy let somebody else handle it it's a very good rule i mean if if you had to give me right now the exception i would go to the tennessee titans and say yeah that's your team that's your team you know they won a football game today right they won a football game today with their starting quarterback hurt and a rookie who came in and is not really ready to run an offense at a high level in terms of passing but they were able to grind something out because of the running of derrick henry um and and but but others the rest of the group like the top three paid running backs going into this year in the NFL were A, Christian McCaffrey traded, B, Ezekiel Elliott, he's the point of this conversation, and and tied with him is, is Alvin Kamara, and he may well be on a different team come Tuesday, although today's win and the division they play in might have changed that. But, I, I mean, he, these guys are so often injured and, and seemingly – Every year, if you play fantasy, there'll be guys who pop who you're like, I've never heard of that person, and by week seven, they're a star. <laughs> sure. You know, like, give me, give me Kenneth Walker in Seattle. Yep. Like, there you go. That's the right? You don't <laughs> – so it's interesting, and I think Dallas, as you put it, you know, it's a soap opera. There's always a lot of attention. He's a big name. So they were in a spot where they didn't have any choice but to do it. But I don't know, man. They're 6-2 and two now, and if that's going to go – somewhere this season seems to me like Tony Pollard should be should be toting the rock absolutely and especially by the way because we saw the blueprint to success with Cooper Rush which is don't put too much on your quarterback's plate and if you're limiting the quarterback that means in theory you are putting more into the run game and obviously that would mean more Tony Pollard yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, lots to get to still in the NFL, including that NFC West, which has been eyebrow raising, to say the least. We're live in the TireRack.com studios um, with Aaron Torres, Mark Willard, and now the third member of our team, who goes by the name of Steve DeSager, jumps on in here with what is trending. Good evening, Steve. Hello, and hello to both of you, and welcome. Let's start with the NFL, of course, as the Sunday night game is underway at Buffalo. Bills had the ball first when three and out. Green Bay has now crossed midfield on its drive, but receiver Christian Watson, who is playing, looks like he is down injured, and there's a pause in the game, scoreless, with about nine minutes to go in the first quarter right now. Earlier, San Francisco was actually trailing the Rams in L.A. 14-7 late first half. Rams didn't score again. 31-14. Niners the final. Christian McCaffrey with a touchdown run, a touchdown catch, a touchdown pass. He had 18 carries, 94 yards, plus eight receptions for 55 yards. Washington won on a TD with under 30 seconds to go. 17-16 at Indianapolis. That late touchdown 
one-yard run from quarterback Taylor Heineke, who also threw a first-half touchdown pass. Tennessee has won five in a row after a 17-10 victory at Houston. Derrick Henry, 32 carries, 219 yards, two touchdowns. And the Giants are now 6-2 and two after losing at Seattle. 27-13, Seattle's won three in a row. Philadelphia, 7-0, 35-13 winners at Pittsburgh, uh, at home to Pittsburgh, I should say. Dallas was home, now 6-2 and two overall after beating Chicago, 49-29 with the three TD runs from Tony Pollard. Atlanta in overtime defeated Carolina, 37-34. Miami sent Detroit to a fifth straight loss, 31-27. Tua Tagovailoa three touchdown passes. Minnesota won its fifth straight game, 34-26 over Arizona. Dalvin Cook had 111 yards rushing in a score. The Raiders got shut out. They're 0-4 on the road at New Orleans. Saints 24-0 the final. New England won at the Jets, 22-17. And the London game this morning went to Denver, 21-17 over Jacksonville, which has lost five in a row. The Tennessee Vols moved up to a tie for number two in the new AP College football poll, a tie with Ohio State. Georgia still number one and will host Tennessee this Saturday. The first playoff rankings come out Tuesday. The World Series is off tonight. Game three is tomorrow night on Fox TV. Houston at Philadelphia. To the NBA, the Clippers lost at home today. They're 2-4 and four this year. Clippers lost 112-91 to the Pelicans. And in an hour in that same arena downtown L.A., the 0-5 Lakers and Anthony Davis will play. will be hosting Denver. The Warriors are 3-4. and four. They've just lost at Detroit, Cleveland, and Boston with home wins and a NASCAR victory as they head to their finale for Christopher Bell, the last race of the seasons at Phoenix. Next Sunday, back to you. All right, Steve, great stuff. Gosh, just listening to him talk about it, Aaron, the NFC. Hmm. What, 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 what in the hell? So, yeah. Like, what? I, I mean, <laughs> what? wait a minute. So let me get this straight. Uh, Seattle, first place. Uh, Atlanta, first place. Um, the New York Giants are six and two, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady can't win a football game. Do I have that about right? Is that is, are those the headlines we're going with here? As, as I was watching the 49ers pull away from the Rams, I was thinking about this. Um, so last Saturday, so, so I host on Saturday nights, Jason Martin. Yes, you know, seven p.m. Pacific time. Last Saturday, so we're talking about eight days ago. I said to Jason, I said, which of these teams are you worried about the most? Green Bay, Tampa, L.A. Rams. Now the question is, are you not worried about any of them? Because this was before Tom Brady's meltdown on uh, against the Panthers and then another loss on Thursday Night Football. Uh, this was before the, the, the Packers lost to the Commanders, and obviously the Rams were on a bye last week and lose again to San Francisco today. So, like, it, I, I don't, Mark, you know, you, you know the NFL so well. Do you ever remember a, a, a time where we came in, you know, and I think we all kind of thought, okay, this is probably Brady's last year and, and Rodgers won't be quite as good without Devontae Adams. But the three teams that have pretty much been stalwarts atop that league for each of the past two years completely falling off a cliff. And I know part of it, too, is all the great, all the teams that have emerged, like Seattle, like the Giants, even though they lost to Seattle today. I don't ever remember a year where, where we felt pretty good about three teams and all three were completely miserable at about the midway point of the season. Well, I, I just think that the NFL now, it's almost a tradition. If you win the Super Bowl the year before, uh, certainly it's always been talked about when you lose the Super Bowl, then you've got a big-time hangover. But the Rams, uh, even sometimes when you win the Super Bowl, and I also feel like we probably should have seen this coming to a certain degree because 
there are some interior issues there that are because of the fact that they've sold their draft for for every sure. big name player every year. And that is going to I mean it's worked. They won the Super Bowl so there's no criticism there, but it's going to catch up to them at at a certain point. And so now they are Stafford, they are Cooper Cup. And then on the defense, you're going to get some nice plays by Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey every game. But other than that, it's really not much of a football team. Like, Mm -hmm. they just don't have a run game. They don't have an offensive line. Then as far as as Tom and Aaron, I mean, it's weird. Because you can't tell me, if you're Aaron Rodgers, that the loss of one receiver suddenly means the whole franchise crumbles. The definition of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers has been making stars out of wide receivers who were just guys on other teams. That's, That's what they always do. And then Tom, I just think we we, we gave up on thinking that he was going to age. Yep. We like we 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 predicted it eight years in a row, and then when it never happened, we're just like, okay, that's it. He's going to play till he's fifty five, and he's going to look good every year. And uh, and 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 now it finally looks like that's caught up to him. But I mean, like you said, man, that's that's the NFL. The only prediction I've got every year is that we come back and think it's going to look like the year before, and my mm-hmm. prediction is it won't. Because it, it, it just never does. It's it, it's totally fair, and with the Bucks point, you know, really with all these points, I mean, I, I can't believe Green Bay is quite so bad. The one thing I will say about Tampa is I do, I, I do think people undersold that, like, I get a lot of stuff wrong, so this isn't like me taking a victory lap, but but I felt like as early as week two, Tampa beats New Orleans, but it's three to three going into the fourth quarter, and they have a million injuries, and they don't have Gronk, and they you know AB obviously left in the midway point of last year, but you started to look at the Bucks, and and I, I maybe Tom Brady isn't significantly worse. It's just the the you know. Offensive lineman retires. Offensive lineman has a season-ending injury in the preseason. Gronk retires. AB's gone. Godwin's always in and out. So the only point I'm trying to make is the Bucks was the one where I think pretty early, if if you were really paying attention, you were really being honest with yourself, you probably should have known. Hey, uh, by the way, they're still going to win. In, I think most of us thought they're still going to win a lot of the game, a lot of games because of the division. But this is probably not a team that's winning four games in the postseason, even if they go 10-7, and 11-6. Obviously, that's not going to happen now. Uh, but Green Bay, I did not see this coming. And the Rams, I'll be honest, I, I probably should have marked because of exactly what you just said. So much stuff broke right, and there was such a thin margin for error with the Rams last year. Like That's the one thing that I come back to with the Rams. Three, obviously, uh, comebacks in the fourth quarter in the playoffs yep. last year. Um, Whitworth retires. Vaughn Miller leaves. Odell is kind of in that middle ground probably should have seen that one coming the Packers is the one to me that I was just like I thought with the division with Aaron Rodgers they'd be okay but obviously struggling so far well it's such a fine line too like if I asked you right now even go back to last year and 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 this isn't the way sports are played but but what's a better team right now the Rams or the Chiefs right now today or a year ago yeah, well, I mean, well, you could answer it either way you yeah, want. But 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 I, the Chiefs I, like, this year. When you talk, yeah, you talk about second half comebacks. The one that I thought was one of one of the keys to the Rams winning the Super Bowl was the Bengals comeback over the Chiefs. <laughs> was Great that, that that was the key to winning the Super Bowl was the Chiefs not being there. Now that's sports, and 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 so again, that takes nothing away from the Los Angeles Rams, it's just to illustrate that these journeys to win it all 
especially in the NFL, are so damn fine. You're right. There's so many little tiny things that have to break your way. And I just think that it's very rare for it to happen year in and year out, which is why Tom Brady through the years is just such a, a, a unicorn. Like, I mean, you, you just you don't get to do this every year in the NFL. No, you don't. And, um, you know, and that's I don't know. It's just you're right. It, it, it is what made it so special. By the way, it's what makes the, the, the this year with the Bucks, as you said, I think we all just kind of thought there's no way that it's ever going to end for Brady. I'll say this too. I know they won today. I think that's also what makes it so jarring watching the Patriots without the answer at quarterback where, yeah, today they were fine, but we all watch Monday night where Bill Belichick's pulling guys out, in and out, Mac Jones now, Brady Zappi, Bailey Zappi here. So it, it, it it's just – it's an amazing sport, and this is why we watch, and this is why we love it. But I, I still am. I, I will readily admit there are a few teams, including Green Bay. I am surprised just how much they are struggling. I know the Bills now are in the red zone, and, and you know it could get even worse for Green Bay before it gets better. Right? Yeah. I don't. Tonight is not a good measuring stick for Green Bay because we all have a very hard, hard time believing uh, that uh, that that they're going to come out of this situation. Uh, night primetime game in Buffalo, probably the best team in the NFL. Uh, this is going to be a very, very difficult for them to get right. Um, all right, Fox Sports Radio tailgate presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a Big Green Egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own, backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best shop online for free delivery at biggreenegg.com lifetime warranty free home delivery biggreenegg.com speaking of quarterbacks boy this one just ended up with a bum lot in life and it may end up costing him his job at the end of the year we'll tell you who we're talking about coming up next with aaron torres it's mark willard on fox sports radio all right with aaron torres mark willard with you fox sports radio so this is one of those moments where I sort of feel like Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. Like, okay. it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. I just want to say it over and over to Derek Carr. <laughs> it's, it, it's not your fault. You're a good quarterback. You really are. I mean, you're not a great quarterback, but you're a good quarterback. Um, you weren't today shut out by the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr's line 15 to 26 for 101 yards no touchdowns one pick had another one that was dropped as well so uh Jarrett Stidham ended up finishing this game in what was just a weird and awful performance for the Las Vegas Raiders so Derek Carr's got a few more years on his deal, but there's an out. It's a non-guaranteed situation where the Raiders can get out with essentially a $5 million cap hit next year. I don't necessarily know who it is that would be better or how they're going to get there, but if I'm the Raiders and you're just looking at the, at the framework of your, of your AFC West, you've already got Patrick Mahomes. That's problem enough. That's problem enough. You're lucking out with what is turning into a total dumpster fire with the Denver Broncos, even though they won a game in London today. And I'm sure Russell will do all kinds of lunges all the way home on the plane, and it'll be wonderful for everyone. (laughs) But then there's also Justin Herbert, who, you know, I'm not quite sure if, if we've crowned him a little bit too early. Is he being affected by that rib injury? I'm not sure, but he's good. He's good, and the Chargers, because of their ownership, they'll always underperform, but it's a team. It's a solid team. It's a problem. 
What would you do, Aaron, if you're the Raiders? It's like you could have Derek Carr, but feels like you're signing up for third place for the next seven years. The only concern is it's exactly what you just said. You used the, 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 the term seven years. Um, it's one thing, if, if to go back to the last segment, we were talking about Tom Brady. If, if you're in the, AF, or the NFC South and you say, you know what, Brady's got a year, maybe two. Let's just punt. Let's get young. Let's rebuild. Let's get our quarterback through the draft, and we'll be good to go two, three years down the road. The problem that I have with completely blowing this up and completely starting over is, and I'm not even necessarily saying that you're definitively saying that, I'm just saying, right, is right. is Patrick Mahomes is in his mid to late 20s. He ain't going, especially in this world where play, co- uh, quarterbacks are playing into their 40s, he ain't going anywhere for a decade. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, good or bad, or does he reach his potential, or what's the deal with the Chargers and his Brandon Staley there? He ain't going anywhere for a really long time. And so that's the only reason if you're a Raiders fan uh, or if you're Raiders management, you can't just say, you know what, it's not working, it's not Derek Carr, we should start over. It's because unless you're ready for, to, for a total rebuild and you think that the answer is going through the draft and getting somebody young and doing all that, this division isn't getting any easier. Those two guys are not – I don't even know if they're in their primes. Patrick Mahomes maybe is just barely entering it. Justin Herbert isn't there yet. Uh, and if all goes to plan, they're going to be there another 10 years. Yeah, it, it's just fascinating because you, if you look around the league, there are more teams in this spot than you realize. It, it, it makes it kind of a wonder why Baltimore is playing Lamar Jackson the way they are. I would guess it's because of how much he runs and there's concern there about injury. But Lamar is probably someone that you could put on one hand this year. If I asked you and just said, who's playing well at quarterback? Give me, give, me, give me who's playing well at quarterback this year in the NFL. You feel like potential is being reached, and, and they, they've got their team in contention. I mean, there's obviously Allen. There's obviously Mahomes. Um, surprisingly, Geno Smith is probably on that <laughs> list. Somehow, someway, he's on that list. Um, and then Jaylen there's Hurts, probably Lamar yeah. Jackson, there's Jalen Hurts, and maybe Joe Burrow. Yep. And that's the list. Mm-hmm. And so you, you take care of those guys, but there are so many teams in that Derek Carrville, and usually what they do is pay the man, even yeah. though they know you're not going to win the whole darn thing. Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. That's Back, what, yeah. you, you, know, you know you're not going to win the whole thing, but, but do you have a better option? No, and and it is the proverbial – it's like the question that we're always asking ourselves in sports, right, with the NBA – you don't. If you're not competing for championships, you don't want to be in that middle ground. Uh, in college sports, it's like you know you have that Jim Harbaugh-ish type coach that he's getting you to a level, but can he get you to the next level? And I feel like that's what we have in the NFL. And like you said, it's not just this situation. Um, you know, the Colts obviously you know bench Matt Ryan this week. Uh, you go on and on down the list. The Giants are still trying to figure out if Daniel Jones is the guy. So it's the proverbial question. The division is what makes it tough. You look at what Atlanta's doing, what Carolina's doing, basically sort of punting on this year, even though Atlanta's in first place. Um, I don't think you could do that in Vegas because, again, those quarterbacks that are so talented are also so young. 
there's a lot of teams that felt like they were punting on this year or just gathering information, and, and they look now like they're going to win the NFC. Mm-hmm. Like the New York Giants were like, yeah, let's. we're not going to extend Daniel Jones. Oh, you're 6-2. and two. <laughs> Seattle, we thought, was tanking. Their guy's going to finish in the top five or seven in the MVP race the way that it's going. So anyway, it's pretty wild. I'm really glad that you just brought up college sports. Because college sports, Aaron, we got to get into this. The rankings are out and they will be discussed coming up next. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. In Buffalo tonight, Josh Allen with two touchdown passes. The Bills are leading Green Bay early second quarter, 14-0. The TD catches by Dawson Knox and Stephon Diggs. Meanwhile, already a little thin at receiver, Green Bay has lost rookie wideout Christian Watson to a concussion. Earlier, Washington got a touchdown with under 30 seconds left to win 17-16 at Indianapolis. Tennessee won its fifth game in a row, 17-10 at Houston. Seattle's won three in a row, 27-13-C. Hawks over the Giants, and San Francisco came from behind to beat the Rams 31-14 in L.A. Philadelphia and Dallas each won again. Atlanta won in overtime. Victories for Minnesota and Miami, for New Orleans and New England. And in the London game this morning, Denver scored late to beat Jacksonville 21-17. Jags have lost five in a row. NASCAR win for Christopher Bell. The World Series is off tonight. Game three tomorrow on Fox. I'm Steve DeSager. Yeah, you darn right. We're right here and ready to go on another massive Sunday. Not only week eight national football league reaction even though not done yet bill's doing to the packers exactly what we knew they would do so uh we'll keep you up to date on that but it's a double digit lead already in buffalo one more game to go tomorrow night which uh you may see unless you've got kids of a certain age and you'll just be walking the streets of your particular neighborhood but we've also got the world series and then aaron Once I knew we were going to sit down and get ready for whatever we were going to talk about tonight, and I saw your tweet last night, which sort of was just preparing to wag your finger at the powers that be in college football. Damn it, Tennessee needs to be the number one team in the nation. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, well, perfect. 
because they won't be. And then we get to talk about it. So <laughs> here, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, the the impetuous for it was uh, one. Uh, I was on, you know I was on air when Tennessee went final. They smacked Kentucky forty four to six was the final score. And then part of it too is you know we have these early season polls, but the college football playoff poll, the the guys and girls on the committee, they get together, they they do the, their weekly poll starting this Tuesday, and so right. they're supposed to. And and you know the criteria is a little fluid. But it's not supposed to be what the AP poll says. It's not supposed to be what you thought in the preseason. It's supposed to be based on what you've done on the field so far. And Ohio State's really good. Michigan's really good. Georgia's really good. But I think when you look at Tennessee with not only the win over Alabama, but a road win over LSU, really nice win, dominant win over Kentucky, I thought they should be number one. I don't even think it's a debate, uh, but we will see if the committee agrees with me a few days from now. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, and they are firing up the regular, the traditional polls as well. For those of you who haven't seen those come out, they are number two in the AP and actually had 18 first place votes. Georgia remains number one uh, with 30. Ohio State had 15 and actually uh, is technically a co-number two in the AP based on uh, all of the points, even though Tennessee had more uh, first place votes than Ohio State did. And then in the coaches poll, Ohio State remains number two. Tennessee comes in at number three and Georgia still holding down that number one spot. Now you're right. The poll that actually matters is going to come out on Tuesday. And I'm much more optimistic that that one will have Tennessee number one, which then begs the question. And I already know the answer, but it begs the question, why are rankings even happening in the first place during the first eight to nine weeks of the college football season, because there's literally no way to not have them shade the way that we're thinking about this stuff. The bottom line is, as you're putting it out, George, if, if you asked me, Aaron, why is Georgia number one? There's only one answer. Mm. There's one answer. And if this is not your answer, you're doing it wrong. The answer is Georgia's number one because that's where they started. That's it. Because we like them more in August than we like Tennessee. It, that's it. Yep. And, and, and so I know the answer. It's to drive discussion and debate the same way college football is kind of hid behind that through all the years with the BCS or whatever it is they do in December to get everybody all mad from a year-to-year basis. But the whole thing, I have such an admitted bias against all of it, Aaron. I hate with every fiber of my being rankings all of them at any time ever they're anti-sport it literally is the opposite of sport and i know that we'll get weird stuff that'll make people angry like atlanta or tampa or whichever whatever comes out of that division they're going to host a playoff game this year and people will go, oh, gosh, we got to redo this whole thing. The bottom line is every other sport out there has rules and brackets and organization that is set prior to the start of the year. And then whatever those rules call for, you go out, you play, and then whoever comes out the winner gets to move on. That's it. There's only one place and it is college sports, the whole football season combined with the building of the basketball brackets. There's only one place do we sit around a round table and go, all right, what do we think should happen next? And I am for anything 
that removes that from college sports as soon as possible? Well, I think, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I've known you since dating back to when you lived in San Diego and the the Mm -hmm. Aztecs were really good. And I remember having this conversation with you about the Aztecs one year because there was a 14 playoff at the time. And it was like, well, they're not going to get in because uh, that's just how the structure is set up. So I I guess all I would say is I do think with a 12 team playoff, at some point you got to cut some you got to cut the line somewhere um and every team that is worthy or deserving of competing for a championship will now will we still on on the saturday night that it's announced or sunday will we come on and yell and scream that number 13 should have been in and it should have been michigan state instead of tennessee or whatever um yeah we're going to but at least you know it's not going to feel as though teams that are deserving are going to be left out. And, and to me, it's the same with the college basketball tournament. I just, you know, one, we, we have this kind of sort of discussion of the possibility that we could expand the NCAA tournament. It's like we have enough team finding enough trouble finding 68 worthy teams to begin with. And so the idea that we need to go to however many is just ridiculous. So I do think that um, – Expanding the college football playoff to 12 will take out a ton of the subjectivity. And then ultimately, if we're still arguing about 13 because we like to argue and this is the life that we've chosen being sports talk radio hosts, then that's one yeah. thing. But we're this year, I mean, this is the year, Mark, where we could really have some really good teams left out with the way Georgia, Tennessee are playing. Um, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, only one of them might get in. So the point I'm trying to make is, is two, three years down the road when we get that 12-team playoff, I think a lot of that, that subjectivity will be gone. Man, uh, you bring up a great point. It is November on Tuesday, and we have got a strong six unbeaten teams and and Alabama. Yep. <laughs> and then, right, and then all the one-loss teams in the Pac-12. Like, we've say, got yeah. all kinds of big logos with big records and big, powerful biceps. There's no way this thing's going to end up without some yelling and screaming. And I know we get over it. And we'll get to next December, and we won't even remember what we were yelling about. <laughs> similar, right? Similar to you know this, like your cup of tea, college hoops. That bracket will come out, and the next day, one oh, of yeah. the most clicked-on stories will be who got left out, who got snubbed. And there's no way when we get to this time of year, we can even remember who those teams were. Well, uh, I'll so get, yeah. you know what I mean, like, and and that's fighting for who's number sixty-nine, but. I've just always wondered why, especially once we get to wherever we're going with all this realignment, why couldn't we set up conferences, divisions, and all automatic berths to to get to wherever we're going? For football or basketball or what? For 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 football. There look, conferences are gone. Nobody, everybody's got this number at the end of their conference, and nobody has that many teams. Wait a the second 10, now. The Big 12 right. is going to be back at 12 once Texas yeah, and exactly. Oklahoma. They'll be at four, they're at 10 right. now. They'll be at 14 for a few years, but they'll be at 12 once Texas and Oklahoma leave until they very add somebody exciting. else. Very, very exciting, right? The Big 10 has 47 teams. The Pac-12 has 10. They're looking for others. Who's going to exist? All of the conference alignment and tradition has been blown out of the water. So for all I care, call them Conference 1, Conference 2, Conference 3, and Conference 4, okay? And give me these four super conferences with 16 teams in each, and each one of those 16-team conferences has two divisions made up of eight teams. If you win your division, you're in the eight-team playoff. Poof! What's so bad about that? It takes all of the people in coats having conversations in December 
out of this. Get out of here with that. Well, what you're saying, so essentially a 16-team playoff. So, I mean, we're, we're going to be at 12. I mean, you know, I just I, – I don't – No, I'm actually saying eight. I'm actually saying eight. If you had four super conferences yeah, of 16 teams each and each of those conferences had two divisions, you will end up with eight division winners. That's it. Sure. Off you go. Eight division winners. Let's go play football. I guess. You know, there's a, there's a thing called the NFL where we do that, and I get it. Um, what I would say is – I think one of the things that makes college sports not professional sports is the arguments, the debate, the this, the that. And as I said, I, 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 I'm going to be very – there have been times where I've been sympathetic about number five in a 14 playoff. I'm going to be very unsympathetic to number 13 in the first 12-team playoff. Like, like Sure. So I, I just – you know, I, I think the system – I'll say this. I think the system that we have now is better than the system that we had at two, and I think 12 is going to be better than four. And so uh, is it eight? Is it, you know the, the, the proposal that you have is eight, and you play your way in. But even then, you're going to have teams that are tied atop the standings, and this team beat that team, but what about that team and this and that? There's no perfect system. What I would say is, again, when we get to 12 in a few years from now, you're if you can't get in that field, you're really not going to have an argument that you deserve to be playing for a championship. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on, on all of that, but there's another piece to this, which is why I would love to see this actually adopt more of an NFL model. I've already made the point as to why I think opinion should not be a part of who gets to play for a championship, but... I know also, Aaron, you've got some SEC ties. I don't. I live on the West Coast and and have largely been left out of college football come January for, for the better part of 10 years. Just completely left out. And so why wouldn't you have geographical divisions? And you're well, you're going to have that, taking, though. I mean, in, in a 12-team playoff, you're getting, the top six te- you're getting the top six conference winners. I get it. I get it. But I mean, you could really have a win your geographic division and and move on mentality even to a higher level than what you're going to get with uh, with the new system that's on the way. Um, and, and, you know, like when we get a division in football like the NFC South right now that spits out someone that doesn't feel deserving. You know what happens, Aaron? We get over it. Yeah. We get over it because it's within the rules. Nobody like if we all had to sit down and talk about this at the end of the year, nobody from the NFC South would get to go to the playoffs. <laughs> some would no, argue no, no, that but, it would make for a better playoff. Some would argue that. Some would argue that. But give me the beast mode game that Seattle hosted at seven and nine. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think like last year's a perfect example. I mean, Justin Herbert, last day of the season, they lose in that game that he has that unbelievable performance. I don't even remember who was the seventh seed. Was it Vegas? I can't remember who got that that last seed. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I, indeed it was. Yes. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, I get the idea of taking out subjectivity to to all of this. But again, I, I don't really know how subjective it's going to be once we get to 12. I think we can sit here in a moment and really like whine about it. But again, we're going to for people who don't know how the 12 team playoff is going to be structured. It's not just going to be five SEC teams, five Big 10 teams and two, you know, randomly selected. The top 6 right. conferences are going to have their automatic uh, are going to have an automatic qualification. And so again, again, like you said, win your geographic region and yes, the, geog- the the geography will be a little skewed when USC is playing Ohio State for a Big 10 championship, but you know, win your geographic region and you will have the opportunity to compete at the at the highest level. 
We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Onward we go, along with Aaron Torres, Mark Willard. Glad you are with us this evening. We have some World Series stuff to get to, and we definitely will. That is absolutely around the corner. But also, coming up next, Aaron, you had some questions questions for me about the nfc west which we all assumed seattle would win um so let's uh let's yeah let's get into that coming up next on fox sports radio there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You a dress-up guy, Aaron? You got plans for the morning now? What's going on? Like Halloween plans? Yeah, man. So I love Halloween. So Halloween, I, I've, I've had this conversation on these airwaves before. It's fun when you're really young. It's fun when you're in your like early 20s, yep. and I would guess it's fun when you're much older, not much older, but when you have young children. I am in that uh, bizarro world where I'm too, I'm too old to dress up. I'm too married yep. to go out on Halloween by myself. I mean, I, I mean, I, what, what am I going to do? Go to a bar with my wife on Halloween? So you know, I, yep. I'd, I'd get in trouble. I get in trouble Sounds thirty really seconds, fun, yeah. thirty yeah. seconds after walking in, unless I'm wearing sunglasses, uh, uh-huh. and I don't have kids. So listen, it, I'll be honest. When in my early to mid twenties, it was probably my favorite holiday on the calendar. I'm not going to lie; yep. I have very many, many very good memories of Halloween. Uh, but again, I'm I'm in my mid to late thirties. I'm married, uh, and if I went out. Uh, without my wife, I'd be in trouble, and I might somehow be more in trouble if I actually went out with my wife. So yeah, probably not doing I, too I, much. So. I think you've assessed this perfectly, and uh, and if you Are do you dress up, how, how old are you? Kids? You're just that weird. You're just that weird guy. Well, yeah, I uh, I got my kids uh, 15, 13, and eight. So Does the eight, eight year old. Okay. That's good. Yeah, eight year old, absolutely. We're we're still in a sweet spot. Thirteen year old girl, she's gonna be like, we're all getting dressed up and off with her friends. She's gone. I'll see her. I don't know sometime next week, and then uh, and then fifteen year old son who is just barely by a thread trying to hang on to the idea of getting someone to still give him candy because I'm like, my man. Mm-hmm. You're you're three months from driving. If you can drive door to door, you're not supposed to get the candy. Well, trust me. You know what I mean. Then he's going to get to about eighteen, nineteen. He's going to be looking for a different kind of candy on Halloween. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you. There's a reason it was my favorite holiday. Don Brown knows what I'm. Kawhi knows what I'm talking about. So yeah, he'll he'll have fun. But I definitely think like that fort. 
probably about 13 is that 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 top age but 14 to about 18 19 before you really start kind of getting out there uh probably is 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 one of the middle grounds i am in one of them right now as well though yeah so. well and i'm i'm usually the type that's just like right this is about the kids and if they want me to dress up i'll find something around the house uh during that day like i like to wait till that day but i actually have a little bit of a plan this year Ooh. because doing a little contest at work at 95 7 the game here in uh in san francisco and so you know something uh something sports themed san francisco i can't give it away because there might be some some local listeners tuned in right now and and we need to keep that yeah we need to keep that for 9 a.m tomorrow but uh because bay area was on the brain i know you had some some 49er ram related questions after the uh america's game of the week which was in the regular season so it automatically is a win by the 49ers only in the playoffs do they lose that matchup so i know you had some questions about that what'd you want to get into well i got a lot you know first of all do you somebody texted me this and i didn't really have a good answer why do so many 49ers fans end up at SoFi Stadium? Is it just because because Rams, <laughs> other Rams games, there are a lot of Rams fans there. I mean, is it just you have some that travel down, you have many that live in the area, plus it's a national brand. Is is that like the trifecta that we're working with here? There, there, there are literally so many yes. reasons. And, and so first off, and I know this is hard for some people around the country to understand, West Coast games have fans for the other team. They just do. Yes. Like I, L- L.A. gets gets hung for that more than anyone. But if you go to a 49er game against the Steelers at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, you can have a lot of Steelers fans there because it's cold everywhere else and people like to come here. Plus, a lot of people move here. Like, you know this. In L.A., there's like a bar for every team. Sure. I can find a Giants bar. I can find an Eagles bar. There is definitely a 49ers bar. Shout out San Francisco Saloon uh, right there on Pico. Like I, So that's, that's the biggest part of it. Secondarily, though, there's something about the 49ers where the fan base does treat it a little bit like college football. They travel well. Okay, I went to the opener in Chicago this year. San Francisco Airport just loaded with 49er people. On Friday, heading out to Chicago. Very cool. They took they took over Atlanta a couple of now it's different. Like when I say take over, the percentages are much less the further away from California the game gets. But that's part of it. And you have a brand new stadium in LA that a lot of people are hearing great things about, and so they want to go see it. And then at a certain point, this kind of just became a thing and it became tradition where it's like we're going to go down there, and every time that loudspeaker screams out whose house, Niner fans are going to drown out the Rams fans and yell Niner's house. <laughs> and, and, and they've made it the Niner's house. And so, you know, Matt Stafford on a silent count in his home building, 49er fans are into it. They're very, very into that idea. <laughs> so that was a great answer, and that was like the periphery of what I actually wanted to ask you about. Um, what I really want to know, I'm just curious what the Jimmy G vibe is in San Fran. And the only reason I ask, I'll, I'll be quick and toss it back to you. I'm a Jimmy G guy, and and, and my, my logic behind it is twofold. Is one, everybody blames him for the Super Bowl loss throw late in the fourth quarter that could have won the game. End of the day... Jimmy G put the 49ers in a position where they had a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter, and his defense could not get stops on Patrick Mahomes. I've said it many times. He doesn't play safety. He doesn't play linebacker. He did not lose them that game. The defense did. But then, and this was really what tripped me up, was this whole offseason thing with Trey Lance of we have to 
play Trey Lance. We have to make it his team. And I know Jimmy G had injuries and all that. But we don't often we – give, we give starting jobs to young players when it's the Jets or it's the, the Jaguars or the Bengals where there is no better option – and the team is not built to win now. Now, Joe Burrow's so good, he got the Bengals to the Super Bowl ahead of schedule. But the 49ers have a Super Bowl roster with a quarterback that has proven himself good enough to get them there. And all anyone on a national scale wants to do is shove him out the door. And so that's my personal opinion on Jimmy G. And I'm just curious from the, what, what the people in the city feel about Jimmy G. Well, okay, a couple things. Because what you just did, Aaron, and you did a great job of it. You just put together a nice little synopsis of what is literally Your the number <laughs> one thing that has driven Bay Area sports talk for the better part of three years. Okay, great. Every now and again, Draymond Green will punch a teammate or the Giants will win 107 games and we depart. But all roads lead back to Jimmy Garoppolo okay, all the time. Okay. And you are talking to someone who has taken turns, at least. I won't say I'm like holding the flag at the front of the line, but I've I've taken turns as literally the most positive Jimmy Garoppolo voice in the market. Um, so, with that all set as the backdrop to the conversation, let's get Steve DeSager in here with what's trending. And then I'll answer some of your questions Fantastic. to the best of my ability. What okay, a tease. Steve? I'm excited. Yeah. Well, yeah all right. What? You couldn't have put it better, by the way, that there will always be fans from other teams at games in California. Mm-hmm. Just my coworkers here, people I know that have lived in L.A. for years and years, I came up with a quick list of 10 other NFL teams that they are diehard fans of that are not in the state of California. I mean. Correct. Denver and Chicago and Dallas and Seattle and Green Bay and on and on. These are co-workers. A lot of these went to school in L.A. <laughs> Grew right. up here. Right, Ten right. It's just different a, teams. Yeah, it's the way it is. And then the funny thing is, and maybe this is a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. If anybody ever takes over the quote-unquote Rams house, watch what happens when the Rams go on the road for a week and the Chargers come play. Yep. I mean, like, uh, I that say, stadium... That stadium's always going to have road fans, no matter yes, what. Yes, absolutely. I will say the Chargers thing has it has been a noticeable, noticeable difference, he said, since they moved out of that little soccer stadium where they were the first three seasons in L.A. and into the Rams stadium because the ticket prices, remember, with half the seats, they doubled the ticket prices when they first moved up from San Diego. So if yep. you were a Chargers yep. season ticket holder, you could essentially pay for your season tickets only by selling off a game or two, and plenty did that. Uh, you know, it's not. I'm not talking about if the Steelers are, well, today, today's Dallas game. Listen to how many Bears fans there were when Chicago was scoring today. It does happen. Right. But with Chargers, it happens less in the new place. I, I will say that. Green Bay Packers, speaking of a national fan base, are in Buffalo, but it's the Bills in the lead, 21-7 over Green Bay, under two minutes to go in the first half. Two touchdown passes from Josh Allen. Meanwhile, there was a TD catch and a spectacular one for the only Packers score from Romeo Dobbs, but Buffalo has scored again. Isaiah McKenzie, a seven-yard touchdown run. Devin Singletary, six carries, 51 yards for the Packers. Aaron Jones, nine carries, 52 yards in the first half. Packers were already thin at wide receiver with Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb out. And now the guy who did wind up playing tonight, rookie Christian Watson, is out with a concussion. Earlier, Tennessee won at 
its fifth straight game, 17-10 at Houston, as Derrick Henry had 32 carries for 219 yards and two touchdowns. Washington and Seattle each won. San Francisco came back to beat the Rams in L.A. 31-14. Christian McCaffrey with a touchdown run, a touchdown catch, and a touchdown pass. Philadelphia is 7-0 after ripping Pittsburgh 35-13. Dallas and Miami with wins. Atlanta got an overtime victory. Minnesota won its fifth in a row. New Orleans shut out Las Vegas 24-0. The Raiders are 0-4 on the road. Victories for Denver and New England. The World Series is off tonight. Game 3 is tomorrow night on Fox TV. Houston at Philadelphia. The Royals have a new manager, Matt Quattraro, who is bench coach at Tampa Bay. As for the NBA tonight... In Dallas, Luka Doncic had 30 points in the first half, 30 out of 60 by his team. He now is up to 37 late third quarter. Mavs lead 87-83 against Orlando, which is 1-5 this year. Cleveland's 5-1 after beating New York. Detroit, which was 1-5, defeated Golden State. NASCAR win for Christopher Bell. And Dustin Johnson's team won Live Golf season finale in Miami. This weekend there were 12 teams, four golfers each. A huge purse, needless to say. Right. Dustin Johnson had already clinched the points race title. He made $18 million for that. He made $4 million in three days of golf for his team winning. So if you add up just in earnings on the Live Golf Tour, Dustin Johnson finished the year with over $35 million, and that does not include any signing bonus, which we're all guessing was more than $35 million. Back to you. Yeah. Dustin Johnson won one season on the Live Golf Tour, and he has just purchased the Los Angeles Rams (laughs) um, because of, uh, of, uh, you know, a couple of birdies. It's unbelievable what's going on out there. By the way, real quick before you go, Steve, Uh you called the Packers a national fan base. Obviously, they are. How on earth are these genuine people? There are 5.8 million people in the entire state of Wisconsin. <laughs> That's their population, okay? The greater L.A. area has 19 million people. How the hell is everybody a Packer fan? How'd this happen? They don't have enough of the percentage of human beings yes. to pull this off somehow. One of the guys I know in L.A., and that's just one of the Packers fans I know, he has that piece of paper that says he's one of the co-owners, you know, he has Packers stock, so there is that. (laughs) And others, of course, just grew up in a time where there was no team in L.A., and they picked the Packers. Yeah, there it is. I only know one really diehard Packer fan, and he grew up in Racine. So I'm like, you're genuine. Like, it's okay. You can do that. But everybody else, you're, uh, you're a bunch of phonies. Um, anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, Mark Willard, Aaron Torres. So we were in the midst of the, uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation. One of the reasons it's such a, a, a lengthy conversation, um, Aaron, is, is because it, it, it's so unique and it's so layered. Yes. Right. Like what you sort of brought up is from a couple of years ago, if you will, with regard to you in or you out on Jimmy. And I was mostly in. Nobody's going to mistake him for an elite quarterback in the NFL. But somehow when he would frustrate people on a week in a week out basis, some people went so far as to just be like, he's terrible. And I'm like, well, you don't get dragged to the NFC title game two times in three years. So he's not terrible. He's not amazing. But not terrible sometimes is the nicest thing anyone will ever say about the guy. So there's that part of the conversation. But clearly we got to a point where Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the 49er brass believed, well, look, we can A, do better, 
and B, we're always kind of going to be at a deficit if we get to the end and there is a Mahomes or an Allen or even at that time a Rodgers or a Brady waiting for us. We sort of feel like we've got the better roster everywhere else, but that quarterback thing is really messing with us. There wasn't just the Super Bowl. There was a primetime game a couple years ago against the Buffalo Bills where Josh Allen just refused to throw an incomplete pass. And, and, and so many people think that that's what spurred the 49ers to make the move. What happened, though, is the unique nature of Jimmy getting hurt in the playoffs last year, which scared people off to trade for him. So he's just sitting over on the side, shelved, You get your new guy, and I will forever believe the 49ers got to training camp this year, looked at Trey Lance, and went, okay, he's a young guy. Like, he could still be very good, but we kind of hoped he'd be a little further along than he is. Mm -hmm. So, let's hedge. And then you keep Jimmy around. And what the problem that that creates, beyond the obvious of, like, just someone the size of the entire planet hanging over Trey Lance's shoulders is it forces almost everybody following the team, fans, and even players on the team to kind of pick, right? True. Like, Great call, yeah. should we be doing this or should we be doing that? And Mike Silver wrote an article about a week or two in saying, like, not everybody in the locker room is on board with Trey starting because of what you brought up, Aaron, which is no matter how he go- how good he is, there's going to be growing pains, and they feel they could win now. So then there was the very controversial part of the season when Trey gets hurt, and it almost felt to some like the locker room had portions of it that was celebrating sure. the injury. And so we arrive at now, which is that Jimmy looks exactly like Jimmy, in fact, the last month, he's looked like the better part of Jimmy. They get a huge win today. Um, but now you're looking at him like, do we assess him the same way we used to? Or is he sort of free from assessment now because he's the backup and he's probably leaving at the end of the year anyway? True. Which sort of gives him like a free pass. So nobody knows what to do with it is the end. <laughs> but, but it, 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 like, just yell at each other. That's, yeah. it's, that's all that I've been able to tell. At the, every Monday, everybody yells at each other. It, it's, no, it's just, I, I've just, like I said, I've never seen as Josh Allen just threw about a 60-yard pass a on dart. a rope. Yeah, to, to Stephon <laughs> Diggs, I think it was. Stephon. Uh, no, I've, I've just, you know, I, I, there's probably examples. I don't remember one. It's one, again, I just, I, I keep going back to, it's one thing to hand the reins over to a young quarterback when you just know this isn't our window. Again, Zach Wilson, if the Jets are overachieving, that's different than them having a team that's good enough to win the Super Bowl right now. Same with Trevor Lawrence, same with Joe Burrow, same with Kyler Murray when he got the job from day one. And I know Trey Lance didn't get in on day one. I just bring it up to say, I don't ever, like, you know, what, and I think I said this during the summer on these airwaves, so if other people have heard me say this, I apologize. But it just reminds me of the Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. You play to have a team good enough to get to a Super Bowl. You have a team good enough to get to a Super Bowl in San Francisco, and you're handing the keys to a second-year quarterback who's never played significant snaps when you know you have a guy that's good enough 
to get you there at the very least. And so I just don't ever remember a scenario quite like it. As you said, you're in the belly of the beast. I'm not surprised that you talk about it literally every day. Um, yep. But just, 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 I, I needed to ask you since we were on air together. No, and, and and I think the the bigger issue, if we were to boil it down to one question, is it smart to hand a win ready roster over to a kid? Yes, and, and I think we got the we got to the answer for most people. No, no, it's not very now, and and almost unfair to him. Like that's what I've noticed. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields have time. Yes, great call. Have time. You bring Jimmy Garoppolo back and hand the keys to Trey Lance. He lost one game, and everyone's like, I I think we might need to make a switch. (laughs) Great call. It's like, oh, my gosh. He's like so totally unfair to him because he's not given the time that the, the teams that are not in a win mode get. And that's exactly it. And that's a, and that's a great element, and it's not great for Trey Lance, but it's a great conversation to have. Where let's be honest, you know, and I think this is something we might talk about in hour three. But Trevor Lawrence wasn't that good today. But everybody's focus is on Russell Wilson, as you said, the high knees in the plane. Is Nathaniel Hackett going to survive past this week? And it's like Trevor Lawrence is allowed to grow. Zach Wilson, they're winning, but it's not because of Zach Wilson. Mac Jones, he's been in and out of the lineup. Justin Fields, every time they win, it's a celebration. Every time they lose, it's not really his fault. The organization is dysfunctional. As you said, Trey Lance is the one guy that he doesn't get any of that leeway. Um, yeah, I've just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I've never seen a scenario quite like it. I have been a Jimmy G defender, not rooting against Trey Lance. It was such a bummer to see him get hurt because I actually want to see what he could do. Um, yep. But man, it's just, it's just, I've just never seen anything like it. And then again, by the way, not only am I working with you, but, you know, their so called rival that they continue to just beat like a drum during the regular season. They played him again today. Felt like a good time to bring up the topic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, tomorrow will be a good day for Jimmy. Let's put it that way. In fact, two weeks because they got to buy now. And uh, that was the best second half they've had all year. Uh, Mark Willard, Aaron Torres, live, TireRack.com studios. Football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM on Sunday mornings, okay? Three hours before kickoff. Tune in Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, presented by MGM. Okay, Uh, coming up next, why are you still rooting against them? Aren't we done with that by now? We'll explain that's next on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
That the Fox Sports Radio tailgate presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a Big Green Egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own, backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best. Shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty, free home delivery, BigGreenEgg.com. Uh, you know, Aaron, I never root for the Chicago White Sox. I just can't bring myself to do it, you know? Random team, it feels um, like. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, going back to 1919 and the oh, Black okay. Sox scandal, I just uh, I can't get past it. I'm sorry. Uh, there's <laughs> cheating that took place, and so I can't get over it. And so, Man. boo! You know, go whoever's playing the White Sox because they cheated That's incredible. 100 years ago. Wow. You really hate Shoeless yeah. Joe Jackson that much, huh? I mean, Guy just you know, wasn't wearing listen. shoes and didn't even take money, but... You you I've hate watched, him. I, I've watched Field of Dreams. I know that uh, I know that he hit the series only home run and had the best average on the team. But uh, yeah, I can't do it. I can't deal with cheating. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins on my fantasy team, so that kind of cheating is fine. It's all good there. Um, you know, if it's on my team, it's okay. Yay team! Um, but uh, boy, I just cannot wrap my head around cheating in sports, and so therefore. Whoever plays the Astros for the rest of our lives, go other team. Please tell me that you hear the sarcasm in my voice. Well, I knew where you were going with it the second that you brought up 1919, but yes, I I do, yes. What what, what on earth are y'all doing? These aren't even the same people for the most part. I know Altuve's out there, and maybe he wore a wire, but he's playing against the Astros too right now with the way he's hitting this postseason. This is a different manager. It's a different regime. It's been five years, and I'll try like hell not to bring up the point that I always bring up, which that it's laughable to think that if the Houston Astros were the only team cheating, somehow it took them seven games to win. Like, come on. They knew every pitch, but they didn't win every game. How's that possible? It's literally not possible. So I'll put that aside for a sec because they got caught, but they weren't the only team caught. And this is a totally new group. And I can sit here from now till the end of our show and do it again next week too, Aaron come up with examples of cheating in sports that we flick off of our shoulder like when a ladybug lens there it, it, it like stop well, stop like leave the astros alone and watch the world series no well first of all you just brought up uh, a perfect example of the double hypocrisy or the hypocrisy if you will of um you know of uh, you know of of this exact situation because DeAndre Hopkins was suspended. Um, Don't know what performance-enhancing drug, but there was a performance-enhancing drug. And it's like, okay, he's back. He's catching balls. It's fun to watch. But Barry Bonds, but, Uh you know, Mark McGuire, but Sammy Sosa, you know, I don't know what he's done to his face, but, you know, we can't put him in the Hall of Fame because of something that he pumped into his body 25 years ago, okay? Oh, by the way, Pete Rose, bet on baseball. I don't encourage it, but now every we have sports books in Major League Baseball stadiums. And so, one, you're so right about the hypocrisy, and two, you're even more right about the Astros. We talked about this last night. I was on air during Game 2. Here's the thing. Uh, The most important part that you brought up, most of the guys that were involved aren't there. George Springer left years ago. Not in Houston. 
Carlos Correa, not in Houston. Uh, the manager, not in Houston. The GM who put the team together, not in Houston. Garrett Cole was there for a year. He's not in Houston. So it's like, what are we even doing? And oh, by the way, remember when the Yankees had a World Series stolen from them and the only reason they lost was because of the cheating? Willard, I missed it. Who did the Astros beat in the ALCS this year? I missed it. Oh, it was the Yankees. So so I, I'm so with you in that, like, uh, first of all, I'm just not Mr. Moralist, high ground, whatever. But I, I do think, like, it, you know, the, what they did was really bad. But at some point, as you said, it's a new group of guys. By the way, Dusty Baker's like 120 years old. This is his la- best last shot. I'm yep. sort of rooting for him. Um, I just, I, 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 like, okay, I guess in theory, maybe if you're a Dodgers fan, whatever. But as I said, even if you're a Yankees fan, they just beat you again. Uh, I, I don't really get if you're still out on the Astros. I'm with you. I don't really get it. Oh, Dodger fans, the ones who threw the syringes at Barry Bonds called the Astros cheaters, but then made left field a big area called Mannywood. That's right. Th- those, those fans got it. I mean, high horse, good night. That's the end of that. Speaking of high horses, let's talk about Kyrie Irving next. Sometimes it just feels in life like it's hard to know who or what we can count on. And in that way, the NFL mimics life perfectly, maybe except for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, This looks like the best team in football. They're doing it again tonight. They're hanging it on the Packers. It's 24-7. to We'll keep you up to date and get you up to date on everything else as well as we broadcast live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. It is Mark Willard and Aaron Torres as week eight in the National Football League comes to a head, but also NBA, which starts earlier and earlier. Uh, I don't know where you had the Brooklyn Nets blowing up on your bingo card. I thought it would at least be November, uh, Aaron. You know, I said this a couple of weeks ago to Ephraim. One thing's very clear to me in the NBA, and that is this two-word phrase, uh, and I guess it's three words, but one of them doesn't matter, but draft and develop. That's how you do it in the NBA. I think increasingly, like this is not to say don't go get stars because when you have an opportunity to get stars, you get stars. But if a team does not draft well and does not develop well, you got nothing. And the two sort of flagship examples of that right now in the NBA are the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Both look like an absolute 2017 all-star team they both look like olympic rosters from four five six years ago and they can't win a game positively cannot win a basketball game so there's that but then this blend of personalities with the brooklyn nets i just for the life of me i don't know how anyone thought this was going to work i know part of it contractually they couldn't really get out from underneath it and so with what kyrie irving took the organization through last year and now the start that he's off to this year by out there promoting in social media circles uh things that have at minimum anti-semitic undertones and even that's probably being too kind 
I, I and and now here we are, and we'll play the sound for you in just a second. But but would love to hear from you first, Aaron, on just kind of what's your take on all this. So you use draft and develop. Um, I've looked at it from almost the opposite perspective, getting the same conclusion, which is I think the era of signing just superstars and completely handing the control to them is over. Um, And it's something I've talked about quite a bit on these airwaves, but um, you know, I'm not anti, you know, I'm not anti player empowerment. I'm not shut up and dribble. I'm not this, I'm not that, but I've said it many times. There is a reason that throughout sports history, a hundred plus years, there has been a guy who picks players, a guy who coaches them. And then the players play. And in general, when you start to mix those things together, it does not work out well. Look at the New England Patriots. I've said it many times. If Bill Belichick, the head coach, could, if, if there was another GM not named Bill Belichick doing Bill Belichick's job as GM, that guy would have been fired. Bill Belichick, the coach, would have forced him out. And right. so in the NBA... Um, I think LeBron should have a say in who his teammates are. I think Kevin Durant has earned the right to have a say in who his teammates are. But when it comes down to we're trading draft picks, I want this guy. This guy didn't work, so we're going to trade more draft picks. I mean, just look at the Brooklyn Nets, and and, and we were talking about this. We all were when Kevin Durant demanded a trade this summer, which is, okay, so so you picked your teammate, you picked your head coach, you picked the other, the third superstar that you wanted in James Harden. That doesn't work, so now we got to ch- trade another guy. And so I, I do think there has to be a happy medium where, yes, Giannis has say in who his teammates are. Drew Holiday is there because Giannis wanted him there, but Giannis isn't trying to be GM and broker things behind the scenes, if that all makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, uh, you know, having having a voice in the room is is a wonderful thing. I mean, the Warrior stars drafted and developed t- together absolutely have a say in, in, in the room. But boy, if you don't if you don't need any more evidence that they don't have these say they have a say, but they don't have these say, because if they did, I'm not very sure that Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins would have signed extensions already, because that may well mean that Draymond Green and St- and, and Clay Thompson aren't with the team beyond the next year or two. So that's that's absolutely how you you have to go about doing the business. But then it also gets bigger than that. Look, it's one thing to go through the vaccine conversation that took place last year and have Kyrie Irving on one hand never buckle, and I know there are plenty of Americans who support him in that, and that's fine, but there's sort of two aspects to that. There's the vaccine side of it, and then there's the teammates side of it. It's just sort of simple sometimes of like, do you follow the rules at work? This ended up being a rule. You don't have to like it. I get it. But you've got people relying on you. Andrew Wiggins didn't want to get the vaccine either. Uh, and then he did, and and his whole career and life has changed, and they won a championship. So there's that. But now that – let's bring us to this. And, and yet another Kyrie Irving controversy with something that he is discussing slash promoting – on social media it came up after the game this weekend and this is nick friedel who's a very good reporter and embedded with the nets he follows them for espn everywhere uh listen to the back and forth that takes place in the press conference after the game this weekend to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book can you please stop calling it a promotion what am i promoting put it out on your platform 
but I'm promoting it. Do you see me doing? Do you see By me in front of the, out there, the title? People are gonna say that you are. Yeah, I put promoting. it out there, just like you put things out there, right? Yeah, but I. Okay. I, it's not. You put stuff. things out there for a living, right? Right, but my Great. stuff Great. is so not. Let's move on. Filled let's with move on. Anti-Semitic. Let's stuff. move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I, I'm not. I'm not doing I'm that. Another You're human free to being. Post I can what, post whatever I want. So say that what, and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by I don't have post, to understand anything from you. It's not me. Nothing. By posting what you did, bro. Move on. But by posting move what on. you did. Move on. Next question. Anybody you guys have any more questions? And they're gonna say. You guys have any more questions? Because this is gonna be a clip. This is gonna be a clip that he's gonna marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. Oh, There's another answering your question. Oh my God, let's make another Instagram clip so we could be famous again. Oof. So I was on air last night when this happened. So I'm curious to okay. hear your perspective because I've 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 had my thoughts for about 24 or so hours right now. I'm curious to hear mm-hmm. what you think. Well, first of all, I know I, I want to put this out just before I say anything uh, so that, that people know that as a backdrop. I know Nick very well. Um, uh, you know, professionally, he was he was working with the Warriors prior to going to the Nets. Um, so uh, I, I know Nick. Nick comes on our station in San Francisco all the time. So the, let me put that out there first. Um, but I thought Nick did uh, a, a wonderful job of not letting – himself get intimidated in that moment because he had a question that he wanted asked and Kyrie wasn't uh, answering it, number one. And number two, uh, obviously started to take steps toward trying to embarrass Nick and, and sort of get him off of, of this subject matter. Aside from that, that's, that's reaction one. But aside from that, and maybe more importantly, to get into what is actually being done here, for Kyrie Irving to say that him, quote-unquote, boosting something on social media, for him to put that out there does not in any way tie him to it is disingenuous, obviously. Um, this is somebody who knows all about self-promotion. This is somebody who has a career beyond basketball that goes into the realm of endorsements. It goes into being the star in, in, in a movie role in Uncle Drew This is someone who is very keenly aware of a public persona, of public relations, and how things are, quote-unquote, promoted. So for him to hide behind, ah, I just put it out there, almost as if it was just an offering. Like, yeah, saw this, threw it out there, that's not an endorsement of anything, is a complete lie. It 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 is a complete lie. It is hiding, and it scares me terribly when the National Basketball Association correctly goes all in on end racism labels to the point where it's in every arena, it's on every jersey, as it should be. And then you're going to have players who are sort of taking that fight up And then on the second hand, essentially performing racism against other members of society. That's that's terrifying to me. And and that's damaging because Kyrie is in a position to where because of the idiosyncrasies of this, he's probably not going to be disciplined by the league. and, And I firmly believe that he should be. You covered a lot of ground there. You know, one, I I agree with you on how Nick handled himself. Um, And I think it speaks to kind of uh, this new era that we're in in the media of, you know, old media versus new media. And it's a big, hot topic and and talking point. And and Draymond Green has kind of been at the forefront of that. And, And I think 
you know, what 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 annoyed me is first of all, Kyrie saying, you know, that you're going to use this as some sort of clip to promote yourself or whatever, and it's like, no. This is our job as media members. We're not your friends. We're not your buddies. We have a job to do. This is a an important talking point. Oh, by the way, your owner has come out saying that he does not condone your behavior. So forgive us for asking a tough question of you, Kyrie. So one, uh, you know, I, I think we live in this world now where... And it's not just athletes. It's everybody. You want to hide behind social media and you want to say, like you said, it, it, well, I didn't promote it. Well, why am I promoting it? Well, if you didn't promote it, you endorsed it, you put your stamp of approval. Otherwise, you would not have put it out there. And to me, I think it does. It, it gets again to that gray area. And I think this is kind of where, where you were at, Mark, is no one's saying that, you know, there was this big thing, shut up and dribble, all that, and and no one is saying that athletes shouldn't be allowed to have opinions outside of the sport that they play. What does end up happening, though, is that when, whether it's the league, the individual, the whatever, when you encourage that, you have situations like this, and, and you know, just to, to from my own kind of background and context, like, this is why in my real world I don't talk politics I don't talk because I can't be an expert on everything and I know that I'm going to say something or or do something that's either going to make me look stupid or I'm going to run into somebody that actually knows what they're talking about and I'm going to look really dumb and so I just think this is the situation where Kyrie probably has never been asked real tough questions and I know there was the vaccine stuff whatever but you know hasn't been asked real tough questions now he's being asked tough questions he put out something whether he endorsed it whether he promoted it whatever that as you said it had at the at, at best racial or best um anti-semitic undertones and it's like you do it you gotta answer tough questions this is the real world you you know we're paying you millions because you're you're incredibly good at what you do okay but there comes responsibility with that and i think that's my problem with a lot of people in this world that we live live in is they want all the good stuff that comes with being successful being famous being this being that but you also got to answer tough questions and I was disappointed with how he handled himself last night well you're spot on and it's not just because they make a lot of money um, I'm, I'm never going to be jealous of or say that these players are overpaid or whatever I mean based on uh, what kind of money they bring in because of their performance, you can make the case that a lot of them are underpaid. I, I fully understand that. Uh, but but for me, it, it comes down to something that's this simple. If you're going to say, and Kyrie was definitely pushing for this, does anybody have any questions about basketball? You're only allowed to ask me questions about basketball. Well, then you only get to be involved in basketball. Great call, Yes. You, you you can't go be in movies. You can't be involved with books. You can't be involved in business. I don't want to hear about you owning a pickleball team. I don't want to hear about you owning Blaze Pizza. I don't want to hear about your production company. I don't want to hear about any of that because all of that is outside of basketball, yet it is basketball that gave you that opportunity Yes. And the millions of dollars. So when you're here in your uniform or in your clothes after a game and you are available to the media because you are a public person and you are gaining because of that, then you get questions and you have the right to say no comment, but I don't like only ask me about basketball. That doesn't work. 
Yeah, and you maybe made my point more articulately than I did. Is that uh, you know is I'm not I'm not against anybody. I don't really care what anybody makes to be honest. You know, you work hard. You know, he's worked his whole life to be at the level that he is as a basketball player. But I do think there comes a degree of responsibility with that, especially when you say stuff that is or do stuff that is polarizing. Let me put it this way. Kawhi Leonard, is he going to be asked about his Twitter feed after the next game that he decides to play in? No, because he doesn't partake in anything that isn't basketball related. And yes, he doesn't have social media. And so, you know, when you wade in those waters, there is a responsibility that comes with it. And especially, by the way, and I, I know I just said this a minute ago. Your own owner, the guy that signs your checks, has spoken out against it. So, at the very least, like... This is something that, um, you know, I, I don't know if the public really cares that much or not, but when your owner speaks out about something, it's very clear that it is something that needs to be addressed in a public forum. And to your point, Mark, you can say no comment. You can say, and, and I know Kyrie did say, you know, this. Do, he tweeted out something about this doesn't express my views and I just feel this or that. I get all that. But again, when you have the when you have a public platform, when millions of people follow you, there is a responsibility. By the way, I don't know how many social media followers you have. I, I know the number that I have. I have a different responsibility on social media with a microscopic following compared oh. to Kyrie Irving than, yep. you know, John Smith, who has 11 followers and, 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 you know, whatever. Like, I have a different level of responsibility, and Kyrie Irving has a it's more significant level of responsibility because of of that as well. So I don't know if any of that right. made sense, but uh, no, it, it was does. a while back and forth. Yeah, I, I mean he's he's a very very talented pe- uh, person in a spot where there are not many people on planet Earth that have his talent. So therefore, he can do things and not get fired that the rest of us can't, and that's because of his talent. So again, there's no jealousy there. But is he taking advantage of that fact? In my opinion, in this case. Yes, he is. Uh, It's uh, Mark Willard, Aaron Torres. Uh, Much more to say on that, plus the guy who apparently has decided he is hell-bent on becoming the most annoying person in his sport. We'll get to that coming up next as well on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, that's Aaron Torres. I'm Mark Willard. Fox Sports Radio Tailgate presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a Big Green Egg. Most versatile grill you ever owned. Backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best. Shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty, free home delivery, BigGreenEgg.com. Live in the TireRack.com studios. I don't know what to do with this. 
I don't want to be a jerk. Aaron, I don't like being a jerk. So it's good. You know, right? Isn't that a good characteristic? Generally, I don't yeah. Wanna, I don't want to be a jerk. Like, I like whatever makes you tick, man. Go, go, go. Be you. Do you? But are we starting to get a view? Like, I found it very curious. Go back to week one. Broncos are taking on the Seahawks, and it's a Monday night game. And uh, Russell Wilson is center stage because it's his return to Seattle already. Like first game after the trade, and. All of these former teammates are all over social media laughing at the guy after he loses the football game in an upset. Little did we know the Seahawks are actually just way better than the Broncos. But everybody's laughing at him. I'm like, this is very odd behavior in the football fraternity. You don't see this very often. Teammates look out for one another. Football locker rooms, very unique. A lot of the guys in there are actually not, you know, me guys. I mean, we we know the wide receivers and the big names. Most of them are big trench dudes who never want any attention and don't get it unless there's a holding penalty. And And for everybody to line up and sort of point the finger and laugh at Russell Wilson, I was immediately like, what's going on here? What is this? And I think we're learning more and more. This dude just rubs a lot of people the wrong way and doesn't seem to really have that sort of social indicator that people have. Mm -hmm. You know, like when someone's talking to you at a party and they're starting to lean the other way, you're like, they want to go eat. Let them go. He doesn't have like you're doing stretches and lunges for four hours on the plane. You're, you're, you're saying Broncos country, let's ride after a terrible game. He's just weird. What, what, what's your take on what we've seen from this guy this year? So it's actually really interesting because I've kind of come full circle in, in both directions. Is Part of me thinks like, come on, is, is he that bad? Is he piling on? And, you know, we haven't heard anything from his current teammates. Like, I, you know, I don't know if – teammates do like him don't like him whatever but I was like you know maybe maybe the guys in the locker room should be following his lead I mean he's won an insanely high level and really nobody in Denver has but I'm also a believer Mark that when you hear the same thing over and over and over and over again um, about a person about a team about a locker room about a this about a that at some point, it stops being a coincidence. It stop, at some point, it stops being a vendetta from an individual or about an individual, and it just becomes fact. And so, you know, I'll give you a perfect example, right? So we're watching this, this Packers game with, with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you've had a lot of Aaron Rodgers' former teammates come out through the years and say, you know, he's, he's pretty difficult to deal with and he doesn't warm up yep. to a lot of people. Well, at a certain point, when one guy says it, two guys say it, three guys say it, it's one thing. But when seven, eight, ten, twelve, whatever, say it. And so I kind of feel the same with Russell Wilson. As, as I've been a defender, I've said, you know, maybe they should be buying into what he's selling. But when you have this many people over and over and over again saying it, there's probably something to it. Feels like a heist right now, what the Seahawks just pulled off with regard to Russell Wilson. I don't know where the Broncos go from here. He had two more years left on his deal, and then they gave him a five-year extension. It's north of $200 million. And if he keeps playing football like this, 
I have no clue. Like, this could set the organization back so far, and they were already far back. We already talked about Derek Carr earlier. Like, you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, and you're going to put this out there. And I don't know how many of you, depending on what coast you're on, maybe it wasn't that early, but 6.30 in the morning out here in the West when this game started this morning, I don't know if you got up and watched this. I don't know if you have ESPN+. Plus, But... They won the football game, and he had a couple moments that looked a little bit more like the traditional Russ. But by and large, Jacksonville was the aggressor in the majority of this game. I saw nothing in this football game that's going to make me think uh, Russell Wilson has started to turn this around because of four hours of lunges. It's just, wow. I mean, what, what a complete heist pulled off by the Seattle Seahawks. Well, a couple other things too is you know there was there was the year a few years back when early in the season he was putting up crazy stats and there was an MVP discussion, and I only bring it up because I seem to remember that you know that was the let Russ cook year, and it was like the more they let him cook. He hit a wall at about the middle of the season where it was like, okay, we need to actually rein him back in a little bit. Then he had all the reports about he wanted more say in the game plan and blah, 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 this and that. The only reason I bring it up is because it felt like the more control that he got, um, the more that they got out of kind of that structure of defense, run game, Pete Carroll this, Pete Carroll that, they did start to struggle a little bit and so maybe there was just more going on behind the scenes and we always gave him as the star player the benefit of the doubt and maybe some of it was Pete Carroll kind of knowing his limitations you know if that makes sense like like Pete Carroll kind of knowing his limitations it wasn't that he didn't want Russ to cook it was that he knew maybe he wasn't capable of some of the things that he thought he was capable of all just food for thought yeah I mean totally well and surroundings matter context matters I I'm, I'm noticing uh, that Geno Smith, who did not succeed anywhere else, is suddenly succeeding. So who knows? I mean, it's early to say this, but uh, maybe there were some things going on in Seattle that were very, very uh, quarterback friendly or quarterback helpful, despite the fact that Russell was always out there saying the opposite. You never give me an offensive line. You never this, you never that. Uh, elite defense at times, very good receiving core all the time. And uh, now it doesn't look like that, Um, even though he's got a good defense and a good receiving core now. But it suddenly looks different. And the guy who's coming to replace him looks better than he ever has. Uh, That's that's been very, very loud. Um, All right. With Aaron Torres, Mark Willer will get back to the legislation of emotion in sports. Much more still ahead. But Steve DeSager hops in here right now as well with the latest. What's trending out and about? Hi, Steve. Hello. We'll get to the NFL in a moment. The other breaking news item last night during Aaron's show was that Michigan State fight after losing to Michigan. Michigan State has announced four player suspensions tonight and those will remain in place until investigations are complete coach mel tucker of the spartans says you have my promise we are committed to fairness transparency and accountability the responsibility that comes with wearing a state green and white jersey must never be compromised end quote as for the NFL game at Buffalo tonight, it was a halftime lead for the Bills over Green Bay of 24-7. It's now 27-10 Buffalo early in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen with two touchdown passes. Buffalo ready to go to 
six and one. Green Bay would fall to three and five. Washington won on a touchdown with under 30 seconds left, 17-16 at Indy. San Francisco came back to beat the Rams in L.A. 31-14. The Niners had trailed 14-7 late in the first half. Christian McCaffrey, the star of the show, with a touchdown run, touchdown catch, and a touchdown pass. Tennessee won its fifth straight game, 17-10 at Houston. Derrick Henry, 32 carries. 219 yards, two touchdowns. Seattle with two TDs scored in the last 10 minutes beat the Giants 27 to 13. Philadelphia is now 7 and 0. Minnesota won its fifth straight game. Atlanta got an overtime win. Dallas and Miami with victories. New Orleans shut out Las Vegas 24 to nothing. Alvin Kamara with three touchdowns. New England won 22 to 17 at the Jets. Nick Folk went 5 for 5 on field goals and Denver won the London game 21-17 over Jacksonville, which has lost 5 straight. Broncos won on a touchdown run with under two minutes left. The World Series is off tonight. Game three is tomorrow night on Fox TV. Houston at Philadelphia. The Royals have a new manager. It's Matt Quattraro, who was bench coach at Tampa Bay. In the NBA, eight games total. Only a couple are going on right now. The Lakers are tied, ladies and gentlemen, against the Denver Nuggets late in the first half. Lakers at 0-5 so far in this season. To Sager. Remember, I I was just thinking this week. (laughs) I remember when I was on with Arnie Spanier, the week Russell Westbrook got traded, and the exact quote almost verbatim was, we shouldn't even play the season. It's over. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, the worst pairing in the history of basketball yeah. potentially. And, oh, by the way, the Lakers are going to have the number one pick and have to give it to the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> in a year where we have a historic draft pick, but neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, but they've had a great front office. Oh, my God. <laughs> I appreciated the impersonation, by the way. Uh, yeah, well, you're going to hear the, the real thing for the next three yeah. hours, so good luck. I don't I, think it was I, that far off. Yeah. I said I appreciated the impersonation. Russell Westbrook with nine points off the wow. bench. Anthony Davis is playing Six of eight shooting with 13 points. And again, the Lakers are tied late first half. Earlier, Cleveland beat New York. Detroit over Golden State. NASCAR win for Christopher Bell at Martinsville, Virginia. Back to you. Uh, my guys, how? How? Help me out. Help me out because I'm uh, I'm not there anymore in L.A. How, how, how did he end up still on the team? How? To say you might be better on this than I am. Uh, because the guy how, who has the title of GM really isn't the GM? That's, yeah. Okay, but but does the guy who's actually the GM want him on the team? Do you understand how funny it sounds when somebody is interviewed after every game and his answer is like, look, we can't shoot threes, but That's we have right. to keep shooting them. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? what? Like, yeah, we can't do this, but we're going to keep doing this. What kind of answer is that? So if that's the guy making the decisions, then why did he make that decision? What I want to hear is LeBron say, you know, if Clutch Sports just had more shooters they could put around me, (laughs) that would answer the question. That would be fantastic. And that, by the way, really quickly, is the funny part of the only two people that don't understand how basketball works and that you can't have two ball-dominant guys that need the ball in their hands and one of them is a non-shooter. Apparently, we're literally LeBron James and Arnie Spanier because LeBron was the one that pushed for this and won. It, and it's like as Russell Westbrook just missed a layup as we're live on air. Um, like, 
the, everyone that everyone that knows basketball knew this wasn't going to work. To Willard's question as to why he's still here, that's a question for somebody more plugged in with the Lakers than I am. But I will say credit to, to our guys, Rob Guerra, credit to our guys, Bo Benson. I've, I've heard them both say it over the last week or so. If you're not going to trade Russell Westbrook, you might as well just trade LeBron and AD and start from scratch because yep. he ain't winning anything this year. Uh, and, uh, yes, they do have a two-point lead well, I, I, by the way, I mean, I, I think it's, it's even bigger than that. Like, it, it's obvious to me. LeBron James still a good basketball player, but the, the days of, of, of him being on your team and that means you're automatically at least into the Final Four, those are long gone. Those are long gone. So, um, you know, it, it, it made me laugh last year how many Laker fans fell for the, if we were just healthy, then man. You don't want to see that team in the playoffs. Then I'm thinking, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Because this is exactly what it would look like. This team's healthy. I mean, just shocking because they were here in the Bay Area for ring night, uh, uh, you know, a couple of, couple of weeks ago here. And I sat down to watch the game, and I was, like, loosely aware of this. But here comes the starting lineup in LeBron and AD and Westbrook and Pat Beverly. And then I'm like – what on earth is the rest of this roster? Yeah. Who are these people? This is the Lakers? And somebody allowed this to happen? Mm-hmm. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. So you can't be top heavy when your top's not that heavy. So it, it just, it, it's mind boggling. Well, and and the, the problem for them now is, I don't know what the fix is, but whatever it is, it just feels very far away. Well, and I just want to jump in, Willard, and say, you know, the thing that I give so much credit to the guys that you cover on a day-in, day-out basis, the Warriors, is the self-awareness of Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson during those down years post-KD. And I know they traded for D'Anthony, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and it, it, they thought that would be a plug, and it wasn't. But at some point, those guys realized we're not a piece away. And they kept the draft picks. And they have this bridge now. The guys that you mentioned earlier, and we'll see what it means yep. for Clay and Draymond. But now, all of a sudden, you know that th- that window that might have closed last year might not have even been open last year if it wasn't for Jordan Poole, if it wasn't for Andrew Wiggins, who again they got as part of the D'Angelo uh, uh, Russell trade. If it wasn't for potentially James Wiseman, potentially Moses Moody, I give those guys so much credit for the self awareness to say. This isn't our window. It's not right now. Let's get healthy and figure things out. Uh, and now they, that window is extended for who knows how long because of the young guys that they now have. Well, the Lakers need a Minnesota Timberwolves. That's what they need. The Warriors always have that. If you know, it's just like an emergency break glass or call the Timberwolves. Uh, <laughs> if you look through the years, the team that drafted two point guards before Steph Curry, the team that took D'Angelo Russell and turned it into Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, thank goodness for the uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, or else uh, this dynasty wouldn't have happened. Fair. Listen, I'll say this. I know this is not a topic for a Sunday during the NFL season, but the number of things that had to happen always amazes me for these Warriors because you talk about those things, but how about 
you know, Steph versus Monte Ellis. How about, you know, what was the story? Willard, do you know it better than me? Is that there was like real clay for Kevin Love talk, and Jerry for West sure. said, Jerry I've, West. Yeah. So, it, you know, listen, it, it's never one thing, but all of the things that have gone into what is now, what, four championships, three championships, whatever it is, and seven, eight, you know, I don't know what the numbers are. I should know it's them off four, the top. Four and eight. Four, four and eight. eight. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, and they're, you know, the, and, and by the way, they're, they're putting together the blueprint of how to extend it. I know they got kind of lucky with you know some down years, and they got draft sure. picks, and they hit the draft picks. But at the end of the day, by the way, Jordan Poole was still, what, a late first rounder, early second was, rounder? Yeah, 27th overall. Yeah, that wasn't from tanking. That was from good scouting and evaluation. So I give them a ton of credit. And his own hard work. I mean, he yes, was uh, he was looking like a bust and in the G League, and and uh, now he's going to make thirty five million dollars a year. So, uh, really, really good for him. Okay, Mark Willard, Aaron Torres. We were just talking about Russell Wilson, and then I just saw a quote from one of the Seahawks after today's win. <laughs> Feels to me like it was pointed directly at Russ. Uh, we'll tell you about that coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Better without him. Comments like this, comments from former players, comments from former teammates. And as you said, it's not everybody. He, there's obviously guys that he has great relationship with, but it is an interesting scenario. And by the way, it's not. You talk to media members that covered him. You, you, you see little remarks from media members that that I don't know. It, it just it, it speaks to there's something there, uh, and he probably has not endeared himself to a lot of people over these last few years. Yeah, no doubt about it. By the way, on the way out the door, since uh, we uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, I'd love to hear your perspective on because the 49ers get a big win. I personally believe that they're going to be a playoff team in the NFC too. I don't know where it's going to go. But if you do get another year of a healthy Garoppolo and a 49er playoff run, uh, what, do you, what do you do next year? Are you handing this whole thing over to Trey Lance, who now will have four starts uh, when he comes back next year and coming off of an injury? Well, I'll tell you really quick because you kind of said that you think it's almost for certain Jimmy G's last year, so I default to you living in San Francisco, but I would not. And it was funny because I I remember being on air the day after Trey Lance got hurt, and I said this is almost a worst-case scenario because you're going to be a year down the road and you still don't know what you have from him. Um, And by the way, what if Jimmy G gets hurt again and then you know that he's not the answer because of of the injuries? So I'm not handing it over to, to Trey Lance if Jimmy G's on two feet because I've seen what he can do when he's healthy the question obviously always if he can stay that way 
Yeah, I don't know if Jimmy will even want to. I don't know what his offers will be. I think the second half of this season will have to uh, say a lot about that for sure. But, uh, my man, always a ton of fun to be with you. You uh, as well, so, man. So, it was fun. Yeah, great, great to get this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Ephraim. I hope everything's okay with Ephraim. I know he'll be back next week, yep, yep. but I'm, it was a pleasure to fill in for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. So for Aaron Torres, Mark Willard, wishing everybody a very, very good evening and a very happy and safe Halloween. Um, I, I was considering dressing up as Arnie Spanier, uh, but it was just uh, it was too difficult to find all of the uh, materials that would be needed. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.